Welcome to this edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where two mostly normal and somewhat cynical adults discuss life as members of the TV generation. Now, here are your Already hosts, it away. Darth Jader and Jason Mitchell. <laughs> Oop, that's weird. Art. Our music cut out. <laughs> oh, no. do, 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 do. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the show. Back. Hey, it's good to be and here. And we're back. Thank you for coming. And we are uh, not continuing our disaster thing because yeah. I just actually felt like watching a movie that I, I had previously watched this weekend. So he I, loves didn't, I, aliens. Didn't, I didn't have to do any work. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, welcome to Hindsight work. is Horrifying. I am an host. And <laughs> I, I hate am, it when you do that. I, I know you I do. So I, know, I know you hate it. Uh. And I am here anyway. with another host. Uh, I'm the other host, a hostess. I'm Darth Jader, and of course we have Adam B. Yes. And today we are taking a trip back to the most wonderful time in the world. The swinging 70s. The 1970s. <laughs> you guys really like the 70s Love for the 70s. some reason. I didn't appreciate them enough. I don't think anyone actually appreciated the 70s. I think you 70s. were too young to appreciate them, given yeah. the fact that you were born in the last year of the 70s. Yeah. Yes. Mm. I was there for almost a year, man. Yeah. Come on. I was there for almost a year. That's a long time. Just in time for one little baby leisure suit. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it better have been powder blue. I'm not yes. kidding. All right. I need to see photographic evidence. No. You don't need to see Damn any it. photos of me as a baby. <laughs> My mother, God love her, uh, wonderful mother, when it comes to clothes and haircuts... She was just awful at it. <laughs> she was, and I've told her this. I've told her this. I've literally, uh, she told my nephew once, she was giving him advice on a haircut, and I just told her, I said, you need to not do that because you're terrible at do it. the opposite of that. Yeah. See, my mother's ears are ringing somewhere because she's a total fashionista. She's a very fashionable, fancy-looking lady, and I am not. So she's pointed that out to me several times. Are you in not? My life. I can't tell. That looks fashionable to me. Oh, okay. The hat look I don't know, fashion. Well, Let's maybe see. from a girl's perspective, uh, she doesn't see it that way. Who knows? But anyway, why don't you tell the ladies and gentlemen what we are watching this week? Yeah, because y'all decided on it. So what are we watching? Can Adam? you can you sing it? Do 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 Yeah, you have to do the nice. I, I was doing that at the I'm opening in case little, you didn't notice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hit my little xylophone. We, we are doing the 1977 science fiction, possibly one of the greatest science fiction films in the history of science fiction films. I don't know about Steven that. Spielberg's <laughs> Name One Better, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, starring Bob Balaban. And Richard uh, Dreyfus. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, and Richard Dreyfus is in it. Uh, Francois Truffaut is in it. Terry Garr is in it. Melinda Dillon, who I've, I just love Melinda There's Dillon. There's a surprising amount of, you know, um, Bigger yes. names in this project. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it is a Spielberg. Film, well, it, so. it's actually an amazing thing from the very beginning that, you know, hey, it's Francois Truffaut is in the movie. Yeah. He's acting in the movie. He's he's a director. What's he doing in this? <laughs> uh, Lance Henriksen, did you spot him? You know who that is? Who is he in this? At uh, the very end, he's one of the guys. Uh, is he? You know, manning the landing strip. I'll yeah. be damned. Yeah. Because I know in the, and we'll, we'll get into that, the, um, the, the ending of this movie. And I should stress, I... I feel like, Darth, I did you a minor disservice because I recommended you watch the same cut of the movie that I watched, which is the special edition. And about 45 minutes too long. <laughs> I disagree with that entirely. <laughs> okay. That's just I'm sure wrong. we'll have plenty of arguments well, about but, this. But on that note, though, 
it did have a different ending, and the differences in the endings between the original cut and this cut is the fact that you get to see inside the spaceship. Okay, now yeah. see, I, I, and that's the only difference. Like, there, there's other it stuff. Still ends there, the same there are way? there. Yeah, I mean, it ends the same way, but there, you don't. In the original cut of the movie, um, Richard Dreyfus, you see his reaction. I was about to say we need to go through this because it's such let's, a long yeah, movie. Let's, that we let's can do give a synopsis early. of the movie. Yeah, um, I can find one. That's fine. Uh, I think the biggest disservice you uh, did me, besides actually making me watch this long ass movie, was the fact that you made me watch the version without Carl Weathers. <gasps> that is true. They cut Carl Weathers. Yeah, in the special I, I, edition. Where was he originally? He was. He, Carl Weathers played one of the guys who interrogated Nedry. Uh, Neary, not Nedry. Right. Nedry was Jurassic Park. So this isn't even a normal uh, synopsis for Google, even. Uh, science fiction adventure about a group of people who attempt to contact alien intelligence. Roy Neary, Richard Dreyfus witnesses an unidentified flying object and even has a sunburn for its bright lights to prove it. Roy refuses to accept an explanation for what he saw and is prepared to give up his life to pursue the truth about UFOs. That's close. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was, it's, it's close. There's a lot. There's so much going on in this movie. It's a, that, it's yeah, a you very have a, deep, rich, thick story. There's a lot happening in this. It has a complicated um, tapestry, if you will. Well, yeah. it does. I mean, it's it, it's it's essentially two story. Well, three stories <laughs> happening at once, and they all end up together. They convalesce, but it yeah. takes a really long time for that to happen. And that's, a you know, I know that we've talked about how that's indicative of older movies from the 80s or the 70s where you want to build that character development and really care for your characters. Because I did. I cared about Richard Dreyfus. I felt so bad for him throughout this movie. He did have a very pretty wife, though. Yeah, Terry Gar. Yeah. They who, never noticed the pretty girls on the show. Who, you know, uh, and... We'll get into the to the family yeah, sort of a lot of stuff relationships. Stuff that's going that's on the here. weakest part of the movie, yeah. in my opinion, and it's the part that Spielberg uh, he said basically that if he made the movie today, that's what would be different is that he he wouldn't have the whole family dynamic because you know Roy leaves his kids and all this stuff and well I don't okay yeah. we were I, kind we, of debating we, we about, about yeah. this I don't know that I know Roy does leave his kids and we all know how you feel about that Jason I, you know you're supposed yes, to be responsible I'm anti yeah, yeah anti <laughs> yeah. leaving your kids yeah. uh, but the thing is his wife leaves him and takes the children away from him so she kind of shuts that option off for him so by the end when he does board the spacecraft to leave with the aliens. Maybe he's just sort of thinking, well, it's not like I have anything to go home to. And yeah, I, I and maybe know. I'll be back after their teen years. Yeah. And then I could reunite with them. <clears throat> yeah. yeah just like the other people that came dream. back from uh, the ships and the airplanes that were returned in the deserts. Well, well, the movie, the movie begins with in Mexico, a, in, in, in the Sonora Desert in Mexico with the discovery of the aircraft from Flight 19, which was a, it was a real thing that happened. It was a real flight of TBF Avengers that went down or. They went missing off the coast of Florida mm-hmm. um, immediately because of, you know, the sort of weird nature of the uh, uh, of what happened. People started saying, hey, did something unusual occur here? Like Bermuda Triangle yeah. kind of and, stuff. And right? in the in the mm-hmm. 70s, eventually, when the whole Bermuda Triangle thing occurred um, as a story, people connected it to that. That wasn't the original opening of the movie, though. This scene right here, which is my favorite scene in the movie, just because of the dialogue in it, the air traffic control scene. I'm sure the two of you really enjoyed that, given the fact that you're obsessed with aircraft. Well, no, no, it's it's not that. It's the fact that it's just it has this over talking over each other 
quickfire dialogue. Very Gilmore Girls, if you will. Well, and <laughs> like the Gilmore Girls, none of those people are actors. Are they all air traffic controllers? They're all actual air traffic yeah. controllers. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. You didn't know that? Everyone in, the, everyone in the Gilmore Girls, actually an air traffic controller. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Anyway, uh, it, it is a very snappy, efficient scene, so I can see why you But this was the it. original opening. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, this, know that. It was supposed to begin with this, and then Spielberg decided he wanted a more, um, you know, dramatic, action-y sort of opening. So we, we had that. Uh, and Spielberg loves aliens. He's a big fan. This was his <laughs> second movie. I thought E.T. came about. after this. No. Well, it did. Okay, what, what's his other alien movie? When he was 17 years old, he directed a movie called Firelight, uh, which was about aliens. And I've never seen it. I don't even know if there's any way to see this. it. Well, he, was, he was a kid. He it was a, did it on a $500 budget. But when he was making this movie, he actually had his notes from that. I mean, imagine a 17-year-old Spielberg oh, yeah. doing notes for his movie. Yeah. That's thing. impressive. And he still had them. And he like I think he let like some of the... Um, some of the people who worked on the movie read his notes to see some of his old thoughts on this. And I thought that's, and maybe expand that's, on them or that, something. That's, that's really cool. That is pretty cool. It's like its own living uh, historical I could talk about it. I could talk about every moment in this movie. Uh, I'm sure. It it wasn't my favorite, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but this was the first time I've ever viewed it, so I've got no nostalgia factor involved. Because uh, uh, You're not a UFO buff either. That's true. Yeah, if uh, you're a UFO buff, this movie is like hardcore you know, this was the peak of UFO movies. Okay. Now, yeah. see, I wouldn't have, you're right. I wouldn't look at it like no. that. But uh, I loved, I do love this part of the scene where uh, the operations team or whatever you want to call them, control team, what would you call these guys? Air traffic, Air traffic, Air traffic controllers. controllers. Yeah. Uh, so Indianapolis Center. They're asking the uh, their planes, they're like, hey, do you want to make a report on this UFO that you yeah. saw? And they're like, no, I wouldn't even know how to begin. Like, it just, uh-uh. Well, the, mo- the movie is very grounded in what was happening in the UFO community at the time. Okay. You know, and these were things that, you know, were bubbling up, these stories that were sort of getting to the surface that, well, you know, pilots see this stuff all the time, but it's just kind of a known thing. If you report it, you're done. You don't ever report one of these things. You don't say you saw it. You don't want to be sent to the loony bin or anything like that. Um, And in fact, one of the neat little twists in this movie is that, uh, and I'm sure, Mr. Brown, have you ever heard of Project Blue Book? I was, vaguely remember. Okay, Blue Book. Air, was, it was Air Force. Was there was there a TV show about? There was, yeah, that, yeah, there was, yeah. <laughs> I thought I remember that. Yeah, uh, the Air Force had an official project to investigate UFOs, and that's a whole other thing. The guy in charge of it was a guy named Dr. J. Allen Hynek, and he was sort of this like you know the guru of UFOs I for many years. J. Allen Hynek is actually in the movie. Oh, really? At the nice. end of the movie, if you notice, there's one shot of a guy with a with a goatee smoking a pipe, and he's walking up, looking at the spaceship. That's actually J. Allen Hynek. I remember. Yeah. I remember that scene too. Yeah. So that so you know Spielberg was really you know he was he was reaching for the like what's really going on out there kind well, of stuff. It, speaking of Project Blue Book, that's in uh, my notes where originally the film might have been really different. It was originally called Watch the Skies. And it was kind of a Watergate-ish scandal where they were covering up the existence of aliens. And so the, it, it might have been a totally different movie. I mean, the government is still oh, trying to cover up. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's still a pretty different movie. And Oh, and here we get to uh, Idiot uh, Barry. <laughs> all I can think of is, does Jason hate this kid? I hate no, this kid. I love this kid. I hate this no, kid. No, I love My him. God. Oh. Carrie, oh. Carrie Guffey. Carrie Guffey, he was almost nominated for an Academy Award for this part. And he would have been the youngest... What? person ever nominated he was such a good actor they called him uh one take carry 
And Spielberg actually had a shirt made up, and he that said that on the shirt because because okay. he he was so he was so good at doing the uh, the movie. And in fact, there was a there was a moment that comes up later on um, when Richard Dreyfus he sees the boy, and the boy is building the Devil's Tower thing uh-huh. out of mud. And, and Richard Dreyfus is talking to him. There was a part where Richard Dreyfus uh, screwed up his line. Okay, and Carrie Guffey. Said, <laughs> he knew it. That's not right. And like Aww. everyone on set, like got all like quiet. You know, like oh my god, he just, Did he just call out Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, and and Dreyfus <laughs> apparently looked at the script supervisor and said, "Is he right?" And she's like, "Yeah, you flipped the line." Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> you know what that you reminds see, hold me? Hold on, you see the shirt he's wearing. Boston. 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 Yeah, I texted you guys about all the Boston references. And and, and more than a feeling was playing yeah. in a in a. In a car, which is the, I didn't the band boss. From, no, yeah, from, I know who they from are, the yeah. album where the cover had a UFO. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. it. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Connect a lot of dots there. I yeah. actually thought there were more Boston references in this because you see, uh, like the paddle, like the frat boy paddle, yep. and it's like B, it's BSU. Right, okay. like Boston State University. But or I actually I looked it up today, and it's actually an Indiana school called Balls. Ball State Ball University. State. Oh, Ball State. Ball State. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they but, make some references to Ball yeah. State in this. I didn't. I didn't understand what that was. Well, going back the to the mom your from point, Christmas Story. Yeah. Going back to your point about um, the little kid Barry correcting Richard Drivers, that reminds me of uh, Much Ado on our last rehearsal, and the little girl telling everybody uh, she would. <laughs> so, like, our, Jason's our director, and he's giving us all these notes, and just hey, be confident, you all got this. And this little nine-year-old-ish age girl looks at all of these adults around her, and is just like, and if you mess up a line. The audience doesn't know any better. Just keep going. And Adam and I were like, sage advice. Thank you. So that, that yes. just made me flash back to that. I haven't thought about that And if you fuck this up. Right. Just keep on going. Yeah. yeah. Someone will cover for you. Yes. That's what we do. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, Barry, Barry's a freaking idiot. I couldn't, well, not that I'm calling out the kid himself. It's the character that I don't like. Well, see, I don't think he, cause he's impulsive. He's a young yeah. And, I, and the aliens are very obviously like trying to, Draw him, him in, yeah. They're predators, know. but no, we just missed the missed the signs moment where he runs out into the cornfield from the yeah. <laughs> white clapboard house. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm wondering if the aliens looked at him and felt a certain simpatico because if you look at the end, they're all like little yeah. kids that yeah. run around. So they, I think they can relate to Barry. Yeah, but well, I didn't lives are at stake. But I didn't see the pattern in the people that they've abducted because you see all manner of people, children, dogs coming out of the spaceship. And you're like, why did they abduct all these random people? Were they just studying them? Or? Well, I mean, if you're, if you're, they you all know, had anuses that could be probed. Yeah. That's that, really what it comes down to. That is true. That right. is true. That <laughs> no, is true. None of them came out. Off and you know. running, fellas. <laughs> Off yeah. and running. So, yeah. Oh, Melinda Dillon. That's what I, <laughs> yes. So what, what's Badly. your take on Melinda? Oh, well, I love her. I, I have, like a weird crush on her. Like, she, like I don't, it's the more I look at her, the hotter I think she is. It's weird. I mean, she's a beautiful lady. Yeah. Um, and Terry Gar, who is a complete bitch in this movie <laughs> <laughs> and the depressing 1970s house. Yeah. It's it, so, my parents had that wallpaper. It's so seventies. Oh, yeah. It hurts. Yeah. I mean, and the kid breaking the doll, yeah. and <laughs> just smashing yeah. it to bits, and yeah. just uh, how they, how the parents treated them in general. And is so this their living is. room? I think so, <laughs> it, but it's sort of a weird Pre, situation. Pre-hoarding, yeah, right? yeah. Like, have either of you watched Mrs. Maisel? 
No. Okay. I well, have yeah. Okay, so you know how Tony Shalhoub has set up his piano and his you know oh, office yes. in the like their formal dining room. That's what this reminds me of because the dad's got like this huge setup in a place where it's like get yourself an office, dude. Like this doesn't belong in the he, living room. I don't, I don't think, think he, he had it available. Yeah, but, I don't yeah. think that was an option for him. But I mean, he has a job at first, at least, because he does get fired for the whole alien. Yeah, he works for the uh, Department of Water and Power. Yeah. yeah. And um, why did they fire him? So he does see the alien. We haven't hit that part yet, but he sees the alien uh, or the UFOs at the very least. And then he gets fired. And I, I don't know if I just didn't pay enough attention, but why did they well, fire him? Because he, he was claiming to have seen UFOs? No, no. They fire him because when the big power outage occurs. Oh, he's chasing he's, the UFOs. He's chasing the UFO. Oh, okay. And not doing, and, his, and not job. doing his job. So that makes they, sense. So they fire him. And, you know, it's uh, it's super depressing. <laughs> It's just, it's really, that is. it's really depressing. I do kind of like how the parents talk to uh, the kids though, because Richard Dreyfus is sitting there like, and they're arguing about what they want to do for the weekend, uh, you know, between like going to see Pinocchio, which is a scarring movie. What, what parent wants to take their kid to see Pinocchio or playing goofy golf, right? And Richard Dreyfus is like, hey, how old are you? Eight. You want to live to be nine? Yeah. Cool. Then we're going to see Pinocchio. Like, he just, Toby, he's just, you are close to, to death. death. <laughs> <laughs> and even the mom gets uh, at the end of her cord because at first she's sort of admonishing Richard Dreyfus, like, hey, that's not how you bond with your kids. Yeah. It's a typical mom yeah. thing. But then later she, they're all in her way. And she's like, everybody get out of the house. Just go out and have a hot dog. Like, I don't care. <laughs> so yeah. it, that, it's, that's so it's, it's really It's really depressing how his family just melts down over this which yeah, Spielberg that was heartbreaking. Spielberg used that because again in the you know sort of UFO lore that's a thing that happens to people who see these UFOs and then they get obsessed with them and they lose their families and right. you know um and of course the obvious <clears throat> McDonald's plug yeah this is when the uh yeah when a Boston's of, playing a lot yeah, of big companies show yeah yeah uh, Coke paid for some advertising later. Baskin Robbins, like a lot of. Hey, big that's how you companies. make a movie. Yeah, it is. That's how you make a movie, and they did it well. Uh, it, it was prominent I, but subtle. I just, this is why I love this movie. Is scenes like this, which you can't really see because it's too dark. But yeah, the the movie has. Uh, we talked about it in Volcano last week, where yeah. I liked the first half of Volcano, but then the second half, of it, because in the first half, it's like this mystery. Like, what's going on? What's right. going on? Then the second half is just them reacting to it. And it's like, well, who cares? Yeah, They're going to win, you know? I don't, I don't know about that, though, because, like, all that buildup, it took forever to get to the point. And then the aliens are, it's like fire in the sky. The aliens are barely part of the movie. Uh, got to disagree with you there. Uh, I mean, you can't watch this scene right here and say the aliens are, I mean. No, I'm, I'm talking about physically the actual yeah. aliens themselves, not just their UFOs or their spacecraft. Well, like, you but barely it, see them. But it's like it's mystery the whole time because one of the things that, that's interesting about it is this concept of are they good, are they bad? Yeah. And you really feel like they're evil the whole movie because particularly when they when they kidnap Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry! One of, one of the most <laughs> terrifying scenes in movie history. Was it me, the screws? The screws. Oh, I hate it. Scared the shit out of me. The screws oh. unscrewing on the vent. Yeah, but I like the way they do this. The car pulls up behind, and then pulls around, and then something pulls up that looks like another car behind Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah. But there's there was a lot of tension, and John Williams did a great job with the music. Because oh, yeah. of course, he does he, the music. He in every built Spielberg some movie. extraordinary tension in some he, of those scenes. He finished the music before the movie was finished, and so Spielberg actually cut the movie to fit the finished music. Huh? Yeah. 
He, well, and yeah. he's been quoted as saying that he makes a movie and then his editor and John Williams, he's like, I cut a bunch of scenes. They polish it. I, yeah, I direct yeah. a bunch of scenes and then they turn it into a movie. That's the uh, difference. Khan um, was, the, was the editor on this one. It was a, he was the first time that, that, uh, that he had edited uh, one of Spielberg's movies. And, of course, he went on to do Jurassic Park, Raiders of the Lost Ark, right. uh, he's a big Schindler's deal. List. You know, he, he, he did them all. Um, Richard Dreyfus, and it's amazing, uh, he does such an um, incredible job of being the guy, the main guy in this movie, this every man who's caught up in this. Because there were so many options. We've discussed this too. They discussed yeah. uh, uh, bringing on Steve McQueen, yeah. Gene Hackman, Jack Nicholson, a ton of really Pacino. heavy hitters. And the, yeah, and they all, oh, the Pacino, oh my God. Say hello the to my little aliens. UFO. Yeah, the was, fucking aliens. That would have been... <laughs> <laughs> a different movie altogether. But uh, I think McQueen could have pulled it off. He said Oh, McQueen he, would have been he, amazing. He, <laughs> the only reason he turned it down is that he said it felt like you need to be able to cry on cue to play Roy Neary, and yeah. he didn't have that ability. Yeah. So yeah. he turned it down. He, he had done some uh, sci-fi movies before. Did you know that, Steve McQueen? Can did you he? Na- can you name the sci-fi movie? No. What sci-fi movie did he do? I don't know. The Cincinnati Kid. The Blob. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. he did do The Blob. You're right. Oh, speaking of movie, important movie crossovers, Mm -hmm. um, the um, uh, Melinda Dillon was actually recommended to Spielberg because Spielberg was having a hard time um, casting the part of, and I can never remember her name. um, Give me a contextual clue. Melinda Dillon's character in the movie. Her name? Yeah. Ronnie. No, no, no. That's Terry Gar. Terry Gar. Did you think when we were saying... Oh, Jillian. 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 Jillian, sorry. They're both blonde women, whatever. (laughs) Um, He was having a hard time casting the part, and he spoke to the director of another movie that Melinda Dillon had just been in, and he said, she was great great in this movie, you need to see it. Uh, Spielberg watched it and was like, yep, that's her. Hired her right away. The movie was, uh, and I always blink on that, I think it's Path to Glory, and it's it's about Woody Guthrie, Oh, okay. Um, I haven't seen that one. It's uh, it's it's a it's a good movie. It's about it's you know like Woody Guthrie going off and you know becoming famous Woody and Guthrie. all that stuff. <laughs> uh, played by David Carradine. <laughs> I hate you both so much. David Carradine in a role yes. that will surprise you. Ooh. <laughs> Everything about David Carradine surprises me. Okay, everything. You've learned more about yeah. David Carradine in the past yeah, six months this is than the you ever wanted to know. David yeah, right? yeah. Podcast. <laughs> How did this happen? No, that's why I told you when I was watching Dexter because I was really late to that party. And then, of course, who the hell shows up but Keith Carradine? And I was like, I'm haunted by this. Yes. I don't know if like he or Shivers has a more prominent I, I, placement in my brain. I think it's the, that phenomenon. Have you ever been thinking about buying like a car, right? So and you then go, you start seeing that and car. And you start everywhere. seeing that car everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Carradine has a similar effect. He might. Like, maybe well, there's a, you know. Well, and plus, like it all really started because y'all talked about him a little bit on the podcast, but then it really hit fourth gear when Mr. Brown texted me on Thanksgiving last year and he was like, Bojack Horseman has a David Carradine episode. You've got to watch it. And I was like, I couldn't even pass Thanksgiving without hearing about David damn Carradine. Bite the lemon. Yeah, bite the lemon always. 
But uh, I was going to say something about the and wife. Dreyfus was in Jaws before this, right? Yes. Yes, he was. Yes. But he looks younger here than he did in Jaws. Yeah. Well, Maybe he, because he of was, facial hair? Yeah. I think it's facial, facial hair. And plus he had uh, like glasses in Jaws. Oh, right, right. And uh, I think he dressed a little differently too. So yeah. I think it's a bunch of yeah, That shadow, there. that shadow of the spaceship, that was new. They added that for the special edition. Okay. Oh, did I they? I didn't remember um, that. And what did Dreyfus do before Jaws? Uh, Mr. Collins' sh- opus. Not Wait, Sugarland <laughs> Express? <laughs> Mr. No, um, no, 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 not yeah. sure. No, th- there was another Spielberg film. Um, Inevitably. Oh, God. Um, I w- Let's find out. Yeah, yeah. look it up. Uh, keep talking and I'll find out. No, he wasn't in Sugarland Express. He was in a different one. But no, he, he did other stuff. He just, he, by this point, he'd become enough of a star that when they, he really wanted to do this movie. Uh, he did The Goodbye Girl in 77 as well. Uh, American Graffiti in 73. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. American there Graffiti, we yeah. go. And, yeah, 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 the other stuff is later. Oh, that's right. And we're back. <laughs> uh, the boys use the short break to emotionally scar me, which is just their favorite thing to do. So It's one of them. Yeah. It's one of them. Uh, we are, of course, still uh, continuing our trip through Muncie, Indiana, although yes. I think they've just crossed the border into Ohio. And yes. I love this because they, they run right through the toll booth and the guy's yelling at them, wait, that's Ohio, that's, <laughs> that's a, a quarter. It's <laughs> a quarter back in wow, the day. a quarter. Oh, but yeah, yeah, speaking of money, though. So Dreyfus wanted to be in the movie. Okay. And uh, he... He he lobbied. Sorry, Spielberg. I love how the cop just doesn't stop pursuing the UFO and just careens <laughs> the, off the cliff. The stunt driver ended up in the hospital. Over yeah, he oh, was, now he, I feel bad. Yeah, he was going too fast, and there was a spot where he was supposed to land. Oh, so he, that was he, real. Yeah, he overshot it. Oh my god! And when he landed, even though he had a helmet and everything, he was he was still uh, pretty oh, badly injured. No. Uh, so yeah, you should be real proud of yourself. Yeah, watch what you uh, say. Yeah, damn. Um, <laughs> Damn dog. So, um, so he had lobbied to be in the movie and, and he, he, uh, his agent, I guess, uh, made the offer and said, Dreyfus, Dreyfus will do it. I remember 1977, um, $500,000 and a couple points in the back end. Damn. And so they went through all of these other actors and they finally, you know, Pacino turned him down and, and Hackman turned him down. Queen Hackman was, was like his wife. There was something going on, and he said, "I was because Hackman would have been good in this." Hackman role. was going through either a divorce or something, or almost divorce, and he said, I, I, "I can't be on location somewhere for sixteen weeks. It's <laughs> not going to work." <laughs> or but else, they, when I come back, but, she will be gone. <laughs> but they went to James Con though, and uh, James Con said, "Sure, I'll do it. I want points on the back end and a million dollars." Richard Dreyfus, it is. So Richard Dreyfus got a phone call. <laughs> well, with you know a sponsor like McDonald's, you think they could afford to pay? Yeah, Kansky, yeah, but you'd whatever. Think so. you'd and Coca Cola, so. my God. But uh, okay, so here we get to the sort of the crux of the issue with this family. Richard Dreyfus is alone, unfortunately, when he sees the UFOs. But he, I mean, he's with people he hasn't met yet because he almost right. hits yeah. Barry in the yeah. middle of the street, and he's apologizing to her mom. And uh, everybody who sees the UFO, for those of you who haven't seen this movie, they all form a bond in the sense that they all get the same uh, yeah. sensations, like they hear ringings in their ears, and they see this image of a mountain. Yeah. And they don't know what it is, but... Which, isn't it amazing that in 1977, Devil's Tower was something that, like, no one even knew existed? Well, when like, you're talking like, about this, it, unless you learned about something in school, you didn't know about it back in 1977, uh, things were before the internet, really. If you just didn't learn about it in school or, and you weren't an avid reader, then there are things you just didn't know that right. seemed pretty obvious. 
Yeah, like, if, it, if it didn't happen at school or in your household. Like or, uh, even Zach Braff was talking on his podcast how he has trouble uh, figuring out when to use me and when to use I. And he was talking to Krista Miller and he says, what's that clever little rule that you have? And she's like, this is something we all know. And he was like, no, 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 I didn't learn this in school. It's like when you. What school did you go to? Yeah. It's like when you take the other person out of the sentence, you take, it's a picture of me, not a picture of I. So that's a good rule yeah. of thumb is you take the other, like Donald and I, or Donald and me, you have to figure out, you know, without the oh, other see, person, which would yeah. you use. Well, I say I, they always thought me that it was basically just, just pretend you're just saying it about yourself. Exactly. No. Oh, yeah, okay. That's what you're saying. Yeah, okay, you, yeah. you remove the other person from yeah, the sentence yeah, because you yeah. always start like Adam and this I This is what here. you tuned in for. Yes. Grammar tips. <laughs> English major, yeah. active in the house. But um, so th- I've got to ask you both. Jason, you have claimed to see a UFO. And Adam, you say you have friends who have seen I them? have friends who saw a UFO which matched the one that yeah. Jason saw. And right. then I have other friends that saw a UFO which matched the one that both Jason and my other friends saw, which that's was weird. Yeah. So then this question is sort of applicable okay. to you okay. and more applicable to you. Like, what did Elaine, what did your wife say? Like, does she believe that you saw a UFO? She, well, she believes I saw it. This was, uh, I saw this back in 98. So this was well before I had met her. Okay. Um, and she believes that I saw something and it's, it's sort of like, it, it, it's like seeing something. It's hard to explain. You don't know the significance of it until you see it. Okay. And then you see it and you're like, wait, this isn't an abstract weird thing in my head or something on TV. Right. This is something I'm looking at right I, now yeah, in I wasn't front of tripping. me. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it is, I think one of the things I like about this movie is because it does become, and there's lots of people out there that this has gone way, way too far. It becomes something of, a, of, of a, uh, an obsession. I've When I go out at night, seriously, when I walk my dog, I, I look up at least once and just, you know, like, just God, I just, I just, no, and it's just, I wish to God that same damn thing would just fly over one more time. Right. Just so I could see it. I was lucky, though, because I did see it with a friend. Yeah, you had a witness. Yeah. But uh, so for you, Mr. Brown, would your wife believe you if you told her, if you went home and told her you saw a UFO? I think so, yeah. Now, okay. if I if I obsessed and built mountains in the living room, yeah. she might yeah. have a little She might be a little pissed that, off. You yeah. know? She'd be like, let go. Just yeah. let go, Luke. Well, you know, it's, um, it, it's, it's like anything else. If you, if you get a question stuck in your head... Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain people that those questions just, you know, I mean, like I know people who have seen um, older folks. Um, I know I know somebody who was lived next to an airbase back in the 50s. So he was always used to seeing planes flying over. Damn, my God. And, and, <laughs> and he saw and he was out one day and he was looking at airplanes um, and there was one airplane up in the sky and uh-huh. he, he just it started doing stuff that airplanes can't do. Can't do. <laughs> yeah. And. Sharks don't swim backwards. Well, they can. Yeah. And, and it's weird because like the, the, the and and Jaws three. Oh that, yeah, the that shark goes evening. backwards yeah, all, that's time, true. That's all the time. True. That one's like a damn helicopter. Um, yeah. But no, but but so he saw a UFO and it's sort of like it, to him it just wasn't. It was like yeah, I, I don't know what that was, but it definitely wasn't made by people. And that okay. was it. That was the 
the limit of his emotional well, and, involvement. In and it. some people can let that go. With this, yeah. uh, they they added that emotional element where like there's this cloak that's been thrown over the people who witnessed the UFO. And like I said, they have the ringing in their ears. Like they the they hear different noises now, and they all visualize yeah. the same thing. So yeah. it's just stuck in their brain against their will, as opposed to them letting it get the better of yeah, them. And, and poor Richard Dreyfus is being beat up by his wife so much. I know. Yeah. So I know. much. There's a line that he uses later when he's with the other woman. It's like. You're seeing this, right? Yeah. He does it twice, and that's yeah. a great line yeah. because it's like, can you validate? Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, the part where, and, and again, for me, that's the weak part of the movie. And it's not that it's weak, it's just I don't like family arguing on film. Especially when the kids are involved. When the kids are involved, like, it puts, it's like, oh, I'm going back in time. I don't like that. You right. Know? Yeah. right. Um, and, and there's a part where he's clearly, something is wrong with him. Something and he's is wrong. His wife for some yeah, condolence, and, and he just yeah. says, "Just put your arms around me. Just hold me. That will help Th- me. That'll you don't help. even know." Like, and she and she won't do it. Yeah. So like, well, well, damn. I can, I don't side with the wife, but I do see her point in the sense that they've got three very tiny children. The entire world is panicking because people are seeing these UFOs all across the globe, and it's not just something that. It's not like, oh, there's a monster under her bed. No, Timmy, no, there's not. Don't right, worry about yeah. it. It's not something that she can just sweep under the rug. Yeah. She's struggling herself, and she's trying to keep her children from freaking out. Yeah. And she's trying to get the dad to kind of play along with her and be like, listen, if they yeah. see you freaking out, they're going to freak out too. So yeah. I, I kind of see your point. Like, once he well, starts freaking out. It, it's like it's like this whole duality of the hero's journey, you know, because in the hero's journey, you know, one of the first things that happens is that normal is is pushed aside. Yeah. You know, uh, Straczynski talks about flipping tables over. Uh-huh. You know? So the aliens show up and they flip tables over. But she doesn't see the tables being flipped over. She just basically shows up and uh, the tables are flipped over. Right. Let's put the tables back and put everything back on the tables and go back to normal. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's a really great motivation. I mean, she, Terry Gard does a very good job of it. Yeah. It's well directed. Of course, everything in the movie is well directed. Um, yeah. Particularly the kid. Yeah, the the kids all do a great job in my yeah. personal opinion, but um, it's just a whole problem with them because, like you said, she doesn't see the tables being flipped. But right. that's what I'm asking: is like if if your wife didn't witness that, would you expect her to believe you? If you re- and he's very manic in his approach. He wakes her up at four in the morning and he's shaking her. And he's like, "We gotta go. We gotta go see this." And he he drags all the kids I- out of the house to go do it too. Which, I mean, you don't leave your kids at four in the morning in the house anyway, but he's like, we're going on an adventure. It's going to be awesome. And she's like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. It's 4 a.m. Come on. See, my wife would be saying, no, I'm not going out. We're not going out. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. no. Well, but no, uh, I'm actually kind of used to that, though, because, I mean, most of my friends, you know, it's it's I've I've had conversations with people who I don't know very well, but who have seen things. And they're uh-huh. like, yes, I, yes. Don't you just want to know what the fuck it was? I'm uh-huh. like, Yes. And then you talk to people who, you know, are friends and who haven't seen that. And they're like, well, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's, it, that's a very interesting thing. Yeah, because it doesn't bother me that you've claimed to have seen a UFO. I believe you. Like, which it's, which it, I'm not saying was an alien. I'm just saying. An unidentified. Something that you did not yeah. recognize yeah. as something normal. Yeah. Right. So it could be anything. But, but the fact, like when my friends first told me about it, I'm like, yeah, right. Met a guy in college, described the exact same thing. I'm like, okay, I'm giving a little more credibility to it. And then Jason, person number three, you know, the, the, it's, the it's, same thing. Yeah. Suddenly I'm, I'm like, okay, what was this? Well, yeah. I thought of you both when I saw this movie because they were describing the UFOs as looking like, because at first I was like, God, Barry's an idiot because he sees the UFOs go zooming by and he goes, ice cream. And I was like, 
Oh my god, he's a, he's like a four year old kid. I know, but like it just, but no, but then later it, they, they they take that validation away because Richard Dreyfus is like it was like a, a cone. No, 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 it was like a shell, and his wife is like, what, like a taco shell? And it, so you never really figure out what the shape of the UFOs right, are, yeah. and then they're all circles at the end, and you're just like, hold on. Well, see what what Spielberg was doing there. I think. I'm not going to mind read him, but I think what he was doing wildly uh, was basically going through the literature and saying, what are all the different UFOs that people claim to see? Let's just stick as many of those things that, you know, because that's one of the things people say. It looks like an ice cream cone. looks like a cigar. looks like a sphere. Uh Uh, The scene in India, by the way, somewhere in this scene, I am led to believe is Jerry Garcia. Really? <laughs> that's a, that's part of the lore of this movie uh, is that Jerry Garcia is in this scene somewhere and I I I don't know. That's kind of like the him. weird science where they claim that Bill Paxton's like in a trench coat at the party at the end but yeah, nobody's ever yeah, been able to yeah, verify yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. But yeah, they're they're all over the world and you have what are these are these guys the you know, what kind of government are they with? The, the <laughs> novelization explains it. Okay. Which back in so the old... back the in novel the, came first or the, there was no, a novelization based on No, it was a novelization the movie. Of the movie. Oh, okay, yeah. got it. And it, it's basically, it's exactly what it sort of appears like. It's, it's called Project Mayflower, I think. And it's a joint French-American project to try to make contact with UFOs. Which that was another and confusing that, yeah. thing. Cause the beginning, I couldn't really understand any of the Spanish when they're yelling in the Mexican desert. Cause like five guys are all yelling at Spanish yeah. in Spanish at once. And there's like a dust storm happening and they're dubbing the French, but not the Spanish, even though like the Spanish people are the first ones. Who <laughs> I mean, they're subtitling the French. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, but the, you, you can understand what the French guy is saying, but I just, even though I speak Spanish, I couldn't figure out what anybody was trying to say, even though they were trying to explain, oh, we found these mysterious aircraft in the middle of the desert. This, uh, this scene right here, after the India oh, scene, um, because most of this movie was actually Allez-vous filmed. Uh, a Truffaut was so good. Um, and he died only like seven years after this. And he, uh, uh, he was young when he died. This is actually an arena. Uh, most of the movie was filmed in Alabama. Uh, well, because they wanted suburban locations, but they were having trouble finding them. So, well, they needed a hangar, yeah, to they, film the ending. Yep. And this is actually an arena in Alabama. Uh, the day before this movie was shot, Elvis Presley performed in that arena. The day, oh, the, the day before, That's awesome. the day before, yeah. Um, Zoltan, come here. Zoltan, <laughs> I love this as a kid. From big, yeah. Yeah, uh, Zoltar. Oh, Zoltar. Zoltar. I thought it was Zoltar. It said Zoltan on the... No, 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 from Big. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I want to be big. Oh, man. (laughs) And you know what's impressive about Cary Guffey? He had literally never acted before. Like, nothing. I didn't realize that. If And I I said this before. I think it was on the show last week. I might have just mentioned it between takes. But uh, if you go on YouTube, there is a great interview with Cary Guffey, grown up. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, oh, my God. That's the child actor that ended up okay because he did a few movies. And was this the same one we talked about on that, Volcano where his mom was, she wouldn't let him be on The Shining? That's right. Because he would go to school, go off for the summer and do a movie, but then yep. go back and have a normal life. Yep. I didn't realize that was the same kid. Yep, that's okay. the same kid, yeah. Uh, um, um, Kubrick wanted him for The Shining. 
Yeah, that's and, what you were saying. Yeah, and his and uh, Guffy's parents said, "No, that that's a little too much." See, I love that there's yeah. at least one set of parents out there. That is, they're the only yeah. ones. They they're the only ones. Really are. Yeah. And he, he's got a wife. He's got kids. He's got a job. He's, no drug addictions. Know, no he's, rehab. He's got a no. bank account and a credit card and everything. You know? Where's Macaulay Culkin? I think he's never yeah. set up a checking account. Yeah. So. Kodak Instamatic camera, by the way. But, yeah. Uh, Have you ever seen one of those before? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, come on. KFC, back when it was still Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, so yes. many big name sponsors in this. Uh, but yeah, Guffy, apparently, Spielberg would use like little tricks. And this is one of the things I didn't understand because you know how he yells ice cream when he sees it. At one point, he's yelling toys, toys when he sees the UFOs again. It's because Spielberg was off screen wrapping a present for him. So that's why he says toy because he was trying to make him yeah. smile and he had to use like tricks to get him to act certain ways. Well, they, uh, that's the, crazy. The scene where Barry wakes up uh-huh. and he's he's like kind of taken aback because uh-huh. that's when all the toys start going. Oh, the the Car- Toy Story nightmare yeah. that's going on in his, C- his Carrie room. Guffey, Carrie Guffey was actually asleep. And he's oh. a four-year-old kid. They can and sleep he, anywhere. And, and he was asleep and they put him in the bed and they just let him sleep for a little while. And then basically they set up the shot. And, oh, and they woke and, him up. And they, the woke, and, they, and they woke him up. Cool. And like when you see him wake up, he's because he said in the interview, he says, you know, like I woke up and there's just there's all these people around. I'm like, <laughs> what, what's going on? And then I saw Spielberg and Spielberg's like, you know, OK, go Time ahead. To start, yeah. And he's like, oh, OK. And he started doing his lines. Oh, that's fantastic. Because you know? uh, <laughs> he, he wakes up to utter chaos. The, like, by the way, that's the scene where Dreyfus supposedly yeah, where screwed you- the line up. <laughs> That's amazing. But uh, that is impressive about Barry because he, he does wake up to total chaos. They've yeah. got the toys. It's it's very much like Toy Story. All the toys are moving yeah. of their own volition because of they're reacting to... I, I had like half the toys. Oh, like, I'm sure. There, there's like that one... That scary monkey with the symbols. God, Never had the always, scary monkey. I've always hated those Never things. had the scary monkey. Um, my, my You know, I did have scary toys. Uh, my grandmother gave me, because, uh, I don't know, um, she gave me a plush hobo. Hobos used to be like a thing, though. Like there used to be little porcelain figures of them, yeah. and it's like, guys, it's homelessness. Why I'm a, are we making these? I, homelessness yeah. that rides trains. Yes. This is a difference. Yes. You know, they travel. Yeah, yeah, and they have the little stick with the knapsack tied yeah, on the end. Yeah. yeah, they used to be in cartoons I, and everything. I was home for my fortieth birthday. Uh-huh. My mom found the hobo doll. No oh. way. And she, <laughs> <laughs> she, she's like, look what I found. You're like, why I, would you bring I, this nightmare? No, I thing? literally screamed oh, <laughs> because she she would put it on. I had a little chair next to my bed as uh-huh. a kid, and she would just prop it up on the on the bed. Mm. And I would wake up in the middle of the night, and this hobo had like a little cigar. Oh my god, <laughs> like, that's horrifying! Oh my god, I hated it so much. Hindsight is horrifying. I, I I have a similar story because they they used to have these dolls, and I think they were called like little tykes or something like that, and. Uh, unfortunately for me, mine wasn't redheaded, but it had kind of freckles on its little face <laughs> and it was dressed in little Could coveralls <laughs> <laughs> and then Chucky came out in the theaters and I was like, Oh, I can't have this in my room anymore. I, I melted. I was like, dad, can you put this in the basement? And he was like, why you don't like it anymore? I was like, no. And he was like, Oh, it's a doll movie, isn't it? And I was like, yes. I'm telling you, people got to be careful what's what toys they give their kids. Cause some of that shit will scar them, you know? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and some kids like their creepy toys, and those kids, I'm convinced, Watch are just possessed kids. by the devil. Watch yeah. those kids. They're going to grow yeah. up to be serial killers, yeah. I'm telling you. They're going to grow up to be Dexter. But um, Come on, we all knew at least a couple kids we went to school with who ended up in jail. Yeah, more than a couple, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, there you go. So, yeah, uh, now Richard Dreyfus has gone out to try and spot the UFOs a second time. 
time and his wife is begging him not to go. So you start to see yeah. their unhappiness, you know, the, the breakdown. Yeah. Well, he, he's yeah. been fired. Has he been fired yet? No, uh, I think he, he has, gets okay. fired the next okay, day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Cause there's still like power outages and like the mailboxes are dancing around and the railroad crossing flips out and Richard Dreyfuss's truck like blows up from the inside. Like, so uh, there, the UFOs are causing a lot of weird reactions yeah. all over the place. Yet, People are treating him like he's crazy. It's like these aren't just random phenomena. They're all happening at the same time. Yeah. Everybody's witnessing this and there's like a massive power I, outage. I think that last scene though is to try to cast doubt because yeah. there was a helic it wasn't a UFO that they saw, it was a helicopter, it had similar lights, and he right. was looking at the sign and the sign was waving back and forth. So I think that that made him think a little bit, well, maybe I am going crazy. Right. But there yeah. are also little signs of affirmation where uh, he, the like you said, the little boy is building that yeah. shape that Richard right. Dreyfus has been, because he sees it in his shaving cream. And he's like, and I've been seeing it in pillows and like on the walls and stuff. And mashed potato, that's the best. The <laughs> oh my God, I love that where one of the kids was like, I have a fly in my mashed potatoes. And the mom was like, it's okay. That's <laughs> a, well, you know, that was a real, um, the little girl, actually, when they were getting ready to roll, uh-huh. There was a dead fly in the mashed potatoes, <laughs> and the little girl said, "There's a dead fly in my mashed potatoes." And everyone almost started laughing, and then Dreyfus kept going, okay. and so it ended up, you know, in the movie. Well, and they, it's funny because uh, I'm going to link this back to Mel Gibson since they were at the uh, table together. How they all in signs have the family breakdown together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he flips out, and then everybody just sort of comes together, and it's the same thing when they all start crying together at the dinner table. That was a rough scene for me to watch because it's like it's not it's he hasn't even lost his children or his wife right, yet. But yeah. he you can see that he's sowing complete insanity into his family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 going to just get worse and, you know, yeah. it's going to get worse. Um, and meanwhile, what what we know, but that the the Neary family doesn't know is that you've got all of these scientists who are saying Hey, this is real. We've got look, it's radio signals and we just got this thing in its coordinates. But they're you know? hiding it from, you know, the general right. populace, yeah. I guess, because they don't want to induce panic. But yeah, so that's part of the problem is that nobody will confirm, no other grown ups will really confirm besides Jillian that there are right. UFOs. So she becomes kind of his sole friend. Uh and especially has Barry been abducted yet? No. no we haven't not seen yet. that yet. Because this is a yeah. long ass movie. Let so. me ask you something, because I'm trying to figure out if this was cut from the special edition. Do you remember a scene where all the reporters were sitting around a conference table talking to the like the Air Force general? No. Oh, I I bet they I wonder if they cut that from the special edition. Yeah, That's if they so cut weird. Carl Weathers, who knows what else they cut. And like so. where he's like he holds up the picture of the UFO and he's like he talks about how it's a fake. Mm. Oh, I'm not recalling. See that I, I, I wish it may just be that I don't doing, remember it. Stop doing different versions of movies. <laughs> just make one movie and let put, it be. Damn it! Yeah, put the footage in it, and then there you go. Yep. Of course, Spielberg. You know, you know what I really wish was in this movie though is uh, kind of like the guy from Airplane who's in the background while everybody's being serious and typing in numbers. There's a sale at Pennies. <laughs> like I, I wish there was some like comedic relief because écoute, écoute, there's a sale at Pennies. The stress is horrible. <laughs> Coffee, Jeffrey? No thanks. One one thing that this movie um, uh, really I think laid the groundwork for mm. is this was the first movie that Spielberg did where. For large portions of the movie, the actors weren't actually able to see what they were reacting to. Okay. And that would come around again in Jurassic Park. 
um, where Spielberg had already directed a movie before where, cause in this movie, like Richard Dreyfuss, one of the things he said is that he, he wishes he could do some of the scenes over because he says, I don't like the way I'm reacting. And if I had known what it was going to look like, I would have reacted differently. Right. Okay. And in Jurassic Park, it was the same way where, you know, you had the Lord, first Lord, one where they had the animatrons and everything. No, it was CG. There were animatronics in it, but it was a lot of CG. They had guys with big sticks with tennis balls on it. Yeah, but there's so many more physical like props. And I thought more of the dinosaurs were real in the first one. No, there was a well. I mean, there was that huge mechanical T Rex. And it's fair to say, yeah, it's regarded as a CGI movie, but there's only like four or five minutes of CGI in it. Yeah, but like the whole thing when when um, like when they see the brachiosaurs or whatever in the first part. Well, the T Rex chase. um, Well, yeah, that's that's CG. Must go faster. (laughs) Whenever Ian, whenever Ian's standing there, or whenever um, um, Alan. Uh, Alan is like waving the torch or the, the flare. Oh no, that's Jeff Goldblum. <clears throat> oh, they both do they it. Both they do both do it. it. Yeah. You're right. Um, but yeah, but they don't, there's nothing there. There's literally somebody just saying, look up here and there's a dinosaur. Oh, okay. You know? That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so they, oh yeah, Barry's about to get abducted. Oh, and that's the toys moment where mm-hmm. uh, Spielberg was trying to get him to smile. And since he had a present for him, he did. But uh, I wish we could play the music on our podcast. Uh, that would be good. Cause the music is just, so another question that I have regarding the music, Barry is playing on his little play xylophone, the same notes that the aliens yep. are yep. putting out there. Yeah. How, like, did he figure that out because he was beamed by the light? Because the government people are doing the same thing. No, they're, they, no. Aren't they, they playing the same song? The government got it from the people in India and they got it from a, other people had told them. Who had also. Because the people in India were singing it. Yeah, they were singing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, that's, I didn't yeah. notice that because they Where were singing instead from? of playing it. Yeah, and they all point straight up. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. Okay. Well, this is this is a little scary. Yes, I'd be the, a little uncomfortable with all of the damage that was happening around. This I, is sort of where it becomes a disaster movie because the house starts shaking yeah. and uh, the aliens are the trying. The washing to, machine flips out. Yeah, the, the stove turns on. Well, and Melinda <laughs> Dillon didn't know what was going to happen. Oh, so she's literally just yeah. reacting to all the different uh, things. Yeah, that are going they on. they put her on the set, and and she was legitimately like things would happen behind her, and she would turn around. Oh well. Oh man, this scene is just this is this is similar to Signs too. Like when they're yeah. hiding in the uh, the pantry, and you see the fingers come up underneath the door. Oh, yeah. just these jump tastic moments, really. But this it, one, this one's just so good about just you don't see it, it's like Jaws. You know, I mean. You, you don't you don't see them. Yeah, you the don't... shark isn't in the movie for that right. much. Like, yeah, it's all about the music and the ominous feeling that they build around it. So. Yeah, but, what... there, but there is a little homage to Jaws. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I just want to make sure you the know. music in the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When the when the aliens play the the Jaws nah, riff, nah, nah. I did not nah, even nah, notice nah, that yeah. there was so nah, much going nah, on nah. in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot that I didn't pick up on. But oh, and Barry's a little creepy. He, he's a little. <laughs> I can see why they wanted him for The Shining because he's you know he's. He doesn't understand that this might be a lethal threat. And he's like, come inside. Come, come in through play. the door. Come, in, come through, in through the door. Come in through the fireplace. <laughs> like, and the mom, oh, God. This that, is, yeah. That was a suspenseful moment. Trying to yeah. close the flu. Yep. Because they're coming in. Oh, my God. That would have terrified me. Yeah. It, it's 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 such a perfect, scary scene. I I watched this once uh, when I was in college. Uh, we were at the uh, the Catholic Student Center, mm-hmm. uh, which was we would hang out there all the time. And we were watching it one night, and the the priest who was in charge of the parish there back then did, passed away. Since then, mm-hmm. he was like uh, he taught physics uh, in high school, and he was he was a very science minded guy. Okay. And so we were watching this, and <laughs> this scene, particularly this scene, 
uh, where the screws start to un- undo and the, Ooh, uh, and the yeah. floor grate. Yeah. And we didn't realize that he had come in and he was watching it. And he's <laughs> like, all of a sudden we just hear from behind us, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That would be terrifying. It's, it's like, only one thing I know that can do that. Satan? Yeah. yeah. I mean, all the, Satan? And she just screams at him, go away. Like, yeah. You know. I wanted, well, I wanted to grab a screwdriver and yeah. start trying to screw him back in again. That would have been... And, the, the, and then the way the way Barry jumps, that little hop that he starts doing. Oh, God. That was so creepy. That's yeah. She and she's doing her best. I mean, she's pulling furniture oh, to yeah. like plug up holes in the floor and everything. She's she's fighting pretty well. And mo- I think it's you know probably that mother instinct. If I was by myself, I would probably would have just run. But as opposed to trying to barricade the flu and put all the stuff. Where on do top you of go the- though? That's a good question. I mean, oh yeah, and the, and the phone. Which is a rotary phone. For those of you who are too young to know this. There used to be phones that had a little circle on them. No, well, we, we no button. The wheel. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, where you actually had to dial one number at a time by rotating the wheel, and it took forever. It Especially was if there were zeros in their number. My my, oh my, God, my parents' yes. phone number had a zero in it. I yeah. remember as a kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a typewriter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ding. Oh, God. But just imagine the sense of absolute helplessness right. in Perilous. this scene. Yeah. I mean, even before Barry goes out the door, before, you know, something is obviously pulling him, yeah. which is oh just, you know, like she's got his legs and something's pulling back. Well, and I think that's also part of the problem with um, uh, Richard Dreyfus and his wife is the fact that, you know, most women expect their man to be a, you know, a calming presence, a protective presence, but then he starts melting down. And she's like, well, shit, what's going to happen if something actually does attack us? Not that I don't, not that you ever really see her take the threat seriously, because they just, she kind of up and leaves, takes the children to her sisters. Yeah. And, but yeah, that, I think that would terrify just about any lady when oh, yeah. crazy stuff is going on in the world. Meanwhile, your husband's having a freaking anxiety attack. So this, uh, this is an, another scene that I, I, I love. Up, 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 up. Yeah. <laughs> this scene it left a big impression on me because this is this is the scene where they're they're getting ready to go out to uh, to uh, Devil's Tower, mm-hmm. and so they're packing up all their super secret science stuff. Super but, secret science. Yeah, they've got all their <laughs> you know their <laughs> awesome you know uh, uh, Yamaha synthesizers. Which, by the way, the guy playing the synthesizer at the end of the movie uh-huh. is actually the guy that was sent to install the synthesizer. Oh. And Spielberg watched him, and he was setting it up, playing. Uh-huh. And Spielberg was like, "That dude's perfect." Hey, kid, want to be? In You're a movie? in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but no, these- but what I was saying though is that in this scene, they pack everything up into eighteen wheelers uh-huh. in the tractor trailers, but they've got like Baskin Robbins written on the side and Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, they cover it up very cleverly. Yeah, and I it's just. It makes you think when you're out on the interstate and you're driving and you see a truck with, you know, oh, there goes another Publix truck. See, I, hmm. I, you always wonder about that in, because there are so many things that are so naturally planted in our lives. Like uh, I was reading a detective book once where he was talking about those storage facilities uh, where you can rent, uh, oh, yeah. you know, a little unit. And he was like, God, uh, if people only knew how many people died inside those things because they were locked in there by somebody, if people mm. only knew. And so every time I see one now, I'm like, Oh my God! Is there a person locked in there, just like melting? Yeah. I, you never know. Well, it's, just, it's it's always fascinating to think, you know, what it, what's the stuff that's right behind the curtain? You know, just right behind the curtain. If you just look a little bit, oh my God! What is what is there that you're going to see? You know? And that's the Richard Dreyfus portion. He wants to yeah. know what's behind the curtain. Yeah. Uh, and that's what drives him. The, the wife has no interest. <laughs> She's fine with everything going back to normal, even though it's not going to. 
<laughs> I, I love I love this line. This guy could have been Gene Hackman as well. Yeah. <laughs> what I need is something so scary it'll clear <laughs> 300 square miles of every living Christian soul. <laughs> and I love that he specified Christian soul. Yeah, there's, there's the Piggly, Piggly Wiggly, Wiggly, Coca-Cola, Baskin-Robbins. Superman being thrown super yeah. hard into that Coke truck. But yeah, lots of good advertising for them. Uh, we are coming up again on 30 Minutes. Break time. So we are going to take a quick break. And we'll, we will be back with you momentarily. And we're back. Hooray! It's good to be back. Come on, come on, come on. Yes. I've been gone for so long. <laughs> so uh, we have to go uh, drink beers. Um, and also, this is a really long movie. Yeah. So this what we're going to do is we're going to sort of skip ahead. I do just want to mention one thing that happened before Devil's Tower, which is the scene um, where... Jillian is in the hotel room and she sees on TV, she sees the picture of Devil's Tower and she makes the connection. She gets her validation. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't originally in the movie either. <clears throat> originally, she was basically supposed to just be hiding in her house, okay. like barricading everything up. And Spielberg at the last minute was like, no, that's not her character. She's going to go look for her kid. So she's like going in the direction she thinks that the UFO went, hoping that she can find it. Right. Um, when... They, um, when they did the set for the ending of the movie, the landing area, which was huge, it was bigger than a football field, massive. Spielberg brought Truffaut. Okay. Thinking that Truffaut was going to be like, oh, he's going to be so impressed, you know, by this incredible set that I've built. And Truffaut was like, yeah, nice. <laughs> decent, and, decent job. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, then later on, they were filming the scene with Jillian in the hotel room and Truffaut went into the room and, you know, Truffaut's, all of his movies are very small and intimate. And he walked into the hotel set and he was like, oh, my God, this is a set. <laughs> you know? Well, at least Spielberg got some validation. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I was about to say, that's funny because yeah. you don't think of Spielberg ever being somebody with Truffaut, insufficient sets uh, or any insufficient anything. Yeah. He's I, just such a big, well-known director. Well, if it wasn't for Jaws, I mean, this movie wouldn't be as big as it was. I mean... You know, uh, Jaws made a lot of money, so Spielberg could could have a big budget movie yeah. uh, to follow yeah. it up with. You know, gave him some latitude. That's right? true. Yeah. So, yeah, so they're at this man-built stadium that they've created to play music at the aliens to kind of figure out their language. Well, no, it's the aliens words. have been using music to, to communicate. communicate. Okay. You know, the idea is that music or math would be a universal language. And music is more cinematic. And yeah, the numbers that they were seeing earlier, that they just weren't translating correctly, right? Right. Because uh, they kept typing the same numbers over and over again. And it's like the, if the aliens were- Well, those really, are the coordinates. Oh, those that's are, right. Those are the coordinates. Because that, that one guy was like, yeah. I used to make maps. So, I know. Uh, Luckily, Bob he Alban. Was, yes. Luckily, Bob, Bob was there. Yeah. Um, and I love him. Who's Or is this a different person who's like, uh, now that I get paid to speak yeah. French, same guy? Okay, yeah. yeah. I thought that was yeah. a good line. I yeah. like that. Bob Bellavan's great. He 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 needs to be in more things, and he's been in a lot. He's been he has been in a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, they they are at the the alien landing zone. I think he also was on Friends. Um, Probably, unless no, I'm mistaken, I I'd have to look that up. How do you spell his last name? And I will look it up because you said um, it's exactly how it sounds. B A L A. Because uh, you said. Melinda Dillon was on Friends, right? No, Terry Gar. Terry Gar was Phoebe's mom. Yeah, Terry Gar. So Terry Terry Gar is Phoebe's mom and um, uh, Kimmy Schmidt's grandmother. 
in in the fan universe I'm inventing. Nice. Uh, so no, but they do. They they built this set at an uh, an Air Force base in Alabama. It was just massive, and it was actually so big that it had a its own weather system. Uh, clouds would form in the in the ceiling. And so it was a huge problem. It was really, really difficult to film this. And Spielberg actually said, in Jaws, the thing that was terrible was the shark. Right. Mm-hmm. In this movie, this set was the shark. Oh, really? It was such a nightmare to film on. I was correct about Bob, by the way. He's, well, he he, was, he's dead. Okay, okay. Yeah. there you go. Yeah. Okay. He's Frank Buffet. Well played. Well played. But he looks so different on that show because he's got really long, like, stringy brown hair and... He, he kind of looks a little rougher and he doesn't have yeah. the facial hair really going on. So that's why it took me a minute to realize that was him. I'm not used to him with facial hair. I, I, always, yeah, I don't, I, I'm, I, I don't know any of him movie. with little round glasses yeah. and yeah. a clean shaven yeah. face. Yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't recognize him. He looks so different. With he was on Seinfeld too, wasn't he? Most likely. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. But you said the set was the shark. Why was it difficult to work on though? Like is it work on, you mean like build it or actually physically work on it when they got the actors out there? Uh, it was, it was both. It was actually, it was, it was incredibly difficult to build. It was also incredibly difficult to, to work on. Okay. And at one point the, uh, there was a storm that actually ripped one wall of the hangar off while oh, everybody no. was in it. And yeah, uh, Dreyfus said it, the, the whole project went from being really, really fun to being genuinely kind of scary. Uh, yeah. yeah. A tad. But, uh, so is that our synthesizer yeah, guy? That's that you're the synth guy. About? Yeah, that's that's the synth guy. I, what the, are you doing here? Uh, do you go to Yale? No, yeah. I, I installed the equipment. <laughs> yeah, he he literally just Spielberg said you're it. I mean, how cool would that be? It would be. Which <laughs> yeah. speaking of Yale uh, drama school, Meryl Streep was almost Richard Dreyfuss's wife in this project. I could I could see that. I'm trying to see why they didn't use her. One second, I can look it up in my show notes. Now the movie itself, when when you get to this part. It's you either are the sort of person who finds aliens interesting and and imagines what would it, what would that actual moment be like? We actually make contact with aliens, and if that's if that's amazing and and fantastic and and awe inspiring to you, this is a great scene. If not, I don't really know. How, I mean, you know. Um, well, I think it just depends on in an odd way how much childlike wonder you still have left over. Because I was even watching the Golden Girls the other night. And Betty White thought that she saw a UFO zoom across the sky and she was sitting out on their little uh, patio with B. Arthur. And B. Arthur's, you know, the serious school teacher. And so she was like, Rose, it had to have been something else. Come on. <laughs> and Rose is like, but wouldn't it be nice just to consider the possibility? And that's the, the difference right. in perspective because Rose, they always made her seem dumb, but she was really just childlike and yeah. just had that wonderment about her, which is what Barry has. He... He's a little kid, and so he doesn't have it in his head that, oh, this is dangerous. I shouldn't be doing this. No preconception. Yeah, he's just curious. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I think it just depends on your perspective because a lot of people would panic if this really happened. (laughs) Well, yeah, and even though these people are, you know, presumably in the profession of of looking for UFOs and— and That's kind of what they supposedly do. Well, yeah, but you have to think none of them have ever actually seen one. All they've ever done is talk to people who have seen one. Mm -hmm. And now— there it is right in front of them. And they think, okay, well, there are these three UFOs. Well, we made contact. We did it. We played the music. They played the music back. 
Yay. And, if, and if they had read The War yeah. of the Worlds, this could have gone terribly wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and I, I like the fact that the movie never takes that turn. Me As too. it does in so many alien yeah. movies. For all instance, of them, yeah. actually. All of them, yeah. yeah. Except for all this one. Because I don't know if they've since updated the ride again, but um, at Universal, I think it was, my parents took me on um, Extraterrestrial, the ride, and it had the alien, like, from Alien. And they were like, oh, Jade, it's like E.T. It's an extraterrestrial and it's actually one of the first oh, no. experiences that they did was that was 4D and the aliens sort of in this cylinder of No, glass. that was Disney. That was Alien was that was Alien okay. Encounter at Disney. Oh, okay, I, I totally remember that but, and it was scary as hell. Oh, but it was scary as yeah. hell because it like you know, it hisses like, and touches spits the back and of your neck. like they spray yeah. water on you from your chair. Okay, so that was Disney, but my parents were explaining to me it's an extraterrestrial like ET. It's uh, going to be okay and yeah. that is not what happened. No. My dad was like you were 5 years old and I've never heard anybody scream that loud oh, in my life. I was like that was I have nightmares about that ride. It was awful. So, so when Spielberg, oh wait, by the way, the shot here with the clouds. Yeah, what um, was that about? I didn't what, figure that one out. What, what, the way they did that, they they took salt water and fresh water. So they put a layer of salt water down, and then a layer of fresh water on top of it, and then they sent uh, they they squirted pigment into it. Huh. So the pigment floated through the fresh water, and then when it hit the salt water, it just stopped. And so you got that flat bottom, interesting, like the clouds. Um, the spaceship. The mothership at the end. Uh-huh. It was originally supposed to have a totally different look to it, um, and it was supposed to kind of just be like a big black shadowy thing. Okay. And Spielberg, when they were shooting the movie in India, he was driving by an oil refinery, and it was nighttime. And you know, if you've ever seen an oil refinery at night, they're just lit up with a million lights. Okay, I have. And so. and he said he was like, "That's it. That's that's, that's the UFO. Ship. That's what that's I want." What he wants drawing from real life. Yeah. And the model that they made, which is actually at the Smithsonian, it's at the Uvarhazy, huh. uh, and it's cool that they have it there because for years I always heard on the model, <clears throat> and people have always claimed to be able to see it. I can't. I've never spotted it. There's an R2-D2 on it. <laughs> um, there's, um, there's, a, there's an Indiana Jones. There's something to do with Indy on it. There's a graveyard on it, and there's like airplanes and stuff stuck to the model. Uh, that the model makers just sort of put on there. And it's cool because if you go and see it at the Smithsonian, you can actually see, oh, look, there's R2-D2. It oh, is there. Neat. It's actually there. Um, cool. Going back Very to Meryl cool. Streep for two seconds, the reason why they went with Terry Gar instead of her is because Spielberg saw Terry Gar in a coffee commercial and saw how many, like, emotional range, how much emotional range she could go through in a 30-second period. And he was like, that's our, that's our person. It, She's got to be the wife. It's one of the things about Spielberg. It's, I, I like that. Yeah, Spielberg can spot... He can spot really talented people. Not just that. It's an even playing field for him. Like you said, when the guy came to install the synthesizer, he was like, oh, I don't even need to try anybody out. This is our guy. And he he didn't know that guy from any other in the universe, but he just sees the talent. Like you said. He would make that shit work. Yeah. Yep. You know, because he can. Yeah. It's like the whole Courtney Cox thing getting pulled up on stage. (laughs) at that oh, Bruce right. Springsteen yeah. concert. Oh, yeah, yeah, And somebody yeah. spotted that, and I'm just like, oh, she's she's talented. We've got to do something she's with gonna her. She's going to be something someday. Yep. She's going to go somewhere. Yep. And I don't think directors really do that anymore. They try to stick with the talent that they it's, know. It's all formulaic. You yeah. Know, it's all, you know. I mean, this is a movie that, again, we've said this before a million times on this show. It's a movie that they couldn't make today, because if they made it today, it would be a different movie. It, it, 
it wouldn't have the same tone. It wouldn't have that, that sense of mystery. And it probably you would have people saying like, well, we should have nuclear weapons there just in case the aliens are evil. I was going to bring that you up know? because it's kind of like how Eddie Izzard said, the reason why people went to go see Independence Day is because, the, you know, you see the White House explode and it's a big deal, but you don't need explosions to make a good alien movie. Right. Like, look at Fire in the Sky. Look at, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. This was not my favorite movie. Yeah. It was a little slow for me, but uh, it, it still had good suspense and they didn't have any weapons. Yeah. There was no big explosion. No, there's no, no big grenades, explosions. Nothing. No, it's it's a movie about people m- figuring something out. I mean, that's really it. There's no real bad guy in the whole movie. I didn't notice movie. that they kissed each other. I yeah. missed oh, that yeah. when I first watched. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why I was surprised he left. He had such an opportunity there. Really, <laughs> he had a, you know? a built-in family to go he back did. to. <laughs> could, it was plug and play. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> setting up franchises. Yeah, yeah but she got a kid. Yeah, but he already had three, so that'd be even yeah, less work for Yeah, they're him, out of the so. picture, though. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying, yeah. is that he's got a built-in family that he can just move into. So, uh, ultimately, as as we know, they make contact with the aliens. And they're, the entire movie, we've seen these, we've seen images of these people wearing orange, sort of flight suit-looking things. And you don't know what their purpose is. Yeah, you don't yeah. really know what their purpose is. And there's one line earlier on where one of the, some side character says, you know, I think about what's in the future for these people, you know, when it gives me white knuckles and it's sort of like, okay, these guys are obviously, they're going to do something. Yeah. Something hazardous is in their future. Um, And Roy, by virtue of being the only person who had these psychic visions, who made it all the way uh, to the actual arrival of the aliens, he sort of proves himself and Francois uh, Truffaut you know, comes up with what's your blood type? What year were you born? Like, yeah, starts, basically yeah. says, okay, you need to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Right. And, right. and Roy Scheider gets the chance to go on board an alien spaceship. And, Roy Neary. And, yeah. yeah I said Roy <laughs> Not Roy Scheider. Scheider very I'm, different yeah, people. He's back to yeah, Jaws. Yeah. yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. Robert Shaw decides. <laughs> yeah, I know. Very different movie. <laughs> yeah. Just a, just a yeah. tad. But yeah, so. Um, but did all those other guys get in the aircraft? Yeah, I didn't yeah, see that either. They did. So they, I, they left yeah, with they that. did. I okay. thought they just took uh, Richard. No, yeah, no, that's what no. I thought. They, they, you'll see them walk. They all walk out together. Okay. Right. Up, 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 up. Yeah, um, they all gather to go on their space mission because that's after one after that, the Unitarian Church service. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but the, the aliens return everyone that they previously abducted, right. and that's what I was saying. It's so random. You yeah. see women and children of all ages in one cocker spaniel, which, okay. So it, so yeah, R2's on there somewhere. Uh, damned if I can see him. I was about to say, I can't yeah. see it either. But, but no, uh, yeah, they, they do. They bring back, you know, the flight 19 people they bring back. It's not, like, I mean, it's not all of them, but they bring back a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I would have liked years, to have seen a gladiator or something come out. Yeah. You know, that would have been sweet. Like, yeah. Cause they're, well, it looks like they return them about every 30 years because some of the people went missing in the 40s, right? Yeah, it's now the yeah, 70s. Yeah. So uh, yeah. maybe they just return them every so often. So well, you're not going to see I, like Jesus. I, 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 think, I, I think this is sort of like going back to the golden age of UFOs. And it's saying like, you know, Kenneth Arnold, that was the beginning. That was the first time. So, you know, eh, 40s, 50s, that's, that's as far back as we're going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the aliens, though, when they, when they shot it, um, they, they had... <laughs> There were so many different things that they that they considered doing for the the primary alien at the end. Yeah, because he looks different from the rest of them. He the is. He's very. Are... He's very. He's animatronic. Yeah. Um, 
He's and, very spindly. Yeah. And I thought, all, they, I thought yeah. they sent the dog out first to sniff out the humans before <laughs> the kids came out. Yeah, because the one looked like a giant spider or something. Yeah, he does. He does. They they named him Puck. Um, oh, okay. that was that was the name of him. And everyone on set loved him because he the face was very expressive. Like Truffaut would 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 say hi to him every morning. I love how they do yeah. that. Like they named the shark Bruce and, yeah. and yeah. Jaws, and apparently yeah. this one's Puck. Yeah, its so name that's, is Puck. That's yeah. adorable. But before they settled on that, um and, and the little aliens are little kids, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But before they had settled on that, they had, th- one of the things they, they were going to do is they get mimes, and they put mimes <laughs> oh, in no. costumes, and they had mimes, like, walking around, and then oh, Spielberg was going to, like, undercrank it. And the footage supposedly exists. Oh, they God, sh- we've got to find they, this. I've never seen it. It They shot it, though, and Spielberg said, no, that looks, that looks terrible. Yeah. But yeah. for the big alien... I mean, they're mimes. What do you expect? <laughs> for the big alien, they actually tried this. They got an orangutan. Oh no! And they Lucky. put and they put it on roller skates. <laughs> what? <laughs> and poor they, animal. And they, but Spielberg, Spielberg said it didn't work because every time the, the orangutan would put its feet down and it's <laughs> yeah, do. it would just skitter all over the place. And it would like panic and oh. grab. <laughs> so wait, they put it on all four of its paws, or like just the, just its feet? I don't know if it was all four, or just oh just my the god, feet, but that would be so Scooby Doo. You know how like when he slides and yeah. he just like goes <laughs> down the hallway. Just the oh fact that god. they actually tried it though. That's you know? it. I mean, it's creative. It's the packing peanut with uh, Slimer all over it. Yeah, you, yeah. You're thinking of you're thinking outside the box. As Look at that. That's a technician for a, a synthesizer company. <laughs> and I'm sure he didn't even have to act that hard because being on a set like that would just be impressive enough yeah. to be like, whoa. <laughs> they uh, The other sort of odd things about it, uh, Spielberg didn't want anyone to rip it off um, and because and, he was afraid that there would be a, like a made-for-TV ripoff before the movie came out. Kind of like what happened to John Hughes. <laughs> so he, he kept the um, he kept the model of the, the mothership in his garage, uh-huh. and he didn't even edit the... Well, first of all, the security on the set was so extreme. Uh-huh. If you didn't have your ID card, you didn't come in, period, including Steven Spielberg, who showed up one day without his ID card, and they didn't let him in. Oh, Wow. Uh, but he actually he didn't edit the movie I- at the studio. Okay. He um, he edited the movie in a hotel room with with guards. Wow, <laughs> that's intense. Well, okay. So Jason, since you've been a director before, let me ask you this: what what level do you have to be on on a set to look, to keep certain props? Like I know on like the Harry Potter movies, oh, for instance, nowadays. You can't keep. You any can't of keep it. anything. It's all collectible. Okay, because I think Chris yeah. Evans has his uh, his Iron uh, Iron Man, his Captain America shield. He actually just gifted it to a little boy who saved his little sister from a dogfight. So, so I, I think that. some people some people get, put it in their contract. Yeah, like yeah. I know that Schwarzenegger wanted some of his costumes yeah. for certain things. Yeah, I think he kept the Iceman costume actually. Yeah, uh, he, he kept something from Batman and Robin. He wanted the throne. Mr. Freeze. He wanted you. the throne. The throne, yes. From Batman and Robin. Yeah. I don't think um, they let him have, th- no, Poison Ivy wanted her throne. Yeah, that's right, you're she right. She wanted that's hers right. and I think he wanted yeah, his suit. You're right. I'm not sure if they let him have it though. Um, and, but yeah, and, and so, George Clooney wanted Uma Thurman. <laughs> <laughs> and he no, no, her. he wanted uh, the model. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Elle McPherson. Elle McPherson, <laughs> yeah. He was like, I would have kept her. Because <laughs> everybody wanted something, but that was what George wanted. So uh, I didn't know if that was like a thing. Maybe back in the 70s, in, in, it was just a looser. In the olden days, whenever like... The olden days? Well, no. When we churned our own butter. <laughs> well, nowadays, look, I mean, everything on a set is collected and it's collectible. And that means that... Yeah, they can make money off of it. They can make money off of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, even to the point where like they, you know, like they'll they'll take back scripts. 
you know, because that was always the thing. Actors always had collections of all their old scripts and stuff. And oh, it's yeah. like, no, we need that pack. It's collectible. Uh, Carrie always actually gave a signed script of The Princess Bride to Chelsea Clinton. Because uh, yeah. when he met the president years and years ago, his then fiance was like, oh, well, would Chelsea like it if, uh, you know, Carrie signed a script and sent it to her? Because Bill was like, this is one of our favorite movies. He was like, Carrie, I could probably quote every single line. Because I've watched it with my daughter so much, and I want to see that movie where Bill Clinton is watching The Princess Bride and just quoting it. Through. Totally naked. <laughs> with this saxophone with in a beanbag chair. chair. <laughs> bean bag chair. Oh, my God. Hollywood, As make you it so. wish. Oh. As you wish. Oh, my God. Hey, man. You I liked wish. your movie. And now, Jason, will get this joke. Hey, man. I like your button. <laughs> <laughs> Because we oh we need to talk about that a little yes. bit before we leave. Yes. So insiders. Uh, well, the, let's let's. Okay, let's we rip, can wrap up. By, the oh, movie did in. you see that the subtitle actually said "Spacecraft plays main theme from Jaws"? Yes. That's really? How I call yeah, it, it no, actually said it. I didn't yeah. see that. Uh, oh, sorry. You went and then, out of focus and then at the end they play "When You Wish Upon a Star," which I thought the, was a bit yeah. much. But well, well, there was a guy whistling it at the beginning. Yeah. yeah, that was actually the inspiration for the movie. Uh, was that that was like Spielberg's whole. The, the whole mood behind it. Oh, that's it. why they bring up Pinocchio when yeah. he's debating on what they want to do for the weekend. Yeah. Oh, and okay. and, and makes sense. the original closing music was literally When You Wish Upon a Star. Huh. And it, right. it just didn't work. So oh, they, friends. John Williams incorporated it into his music. So, you know, he interpolated it. Uh, but it was originally just the music. That was okay. it. I want to yeah. see, have we missed J. Allen Hynek yet? I wonder if I wasn't. We, we got to find him. I have no idea. I know he's coming up soon. Richard Dreyfuss is so young in this movie. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to see. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, True. I mean, when I first started seeing his movies, I think actually the first Dreyfus movie I ever saw was what about Mr. Bob? Holland's Opus. Oh, Mr. Holland's Opus. Mr. Holland's Old Penis. And what's yeah. that one Mr. That he... Holland's Old Penis. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dallas. <laughs> oh, Linda. But, um, yeah, so I, I watched Jaws a little bit later in life. Uh it's still like single digits, but I saw enough Mr. to scare you though, or scar oh, you. Oh hell yeah. yes! Yeah. When we were at the beach this past week, oh no, I was not having it because the water was really murky and you couldn't see anything. And I was like, I'm not getting in that it water. It sticks with you. It does. It really it, yeah, does. it really does. Um, Especially when you watch as many shark attack videos as I do, because I've I've got. I don't know why you. Me. I don't know why you watch shark attack videos. It's not no like not full on <laughs> attack, but like close call kind of videos where like a shark will come out of nowhere and somebody maybe prods it with right, their, right, their right. fishing line or whatever. So, uh, yeah, so I was surprised when at first there's a ton of people that come yeah. off the UFO. Well, Which the, it, I think it, the, they try to lead you to believe that these are the aliens, right? And then yeah. you get a closer look and it's, oh, no, they're humans. Yeah. And they're all it's from like, the, the past. What the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. And none of them have aged. So <laughs> yeah. you wonder what's going on there. Uh, and maybe I, that was I, Einstein was right. <laughs> I think Einstein might have been one of them. <laughs> yeah, but uh, maybe that was a gesture of goodwill to show that hey, we did abduct all these people, but here they are. You can have them back now. I think so, actually. And then that's what oh, motivated. Wait. wait, hang on. I just you bumped something. Yeah, what'd I, you I, do? Well, no, I was going to fast forward, but it's okay. We've we pretty go. much talked yeah. it out through this movie, but um, yeah, you find the guys from the aircraft and like the ships and stuff that they discovered earlier in the movie that just appeared out of nowhere in the different deserts of the world, like in Mongolia and Mexico. Right, the Cotopaxi, which is a real ship. There he is. It? Yep, there. That's uh, J. Allen Hynek. Okay, that, that was the guy in oh. charge of the government's oh, nice. actual UFO investigation. Oh, yeah, the pipe. Yeah, Didn't know very, that. very well done. That's, that's cool. a cool nod. Yeah. So anyway, so 
That's the movie. Let's yeah, that's pretty much. And then Richard Dreyfus joins them on their next expedition. Yeah. He goes yeah. willfully as opposed to being abducted. Yeah, with, and it's, he's, with a team. And it's you know he's he's going to go and God, I mean, you can only imagine what that's going to be like. You know, oh, he's, yeah. he's and now for the first time, these people aren't being abducted; they're being invited. Yes, and they're that, choosing. That's to what go. I'm saying. Is and that it's really yeah, it's really cool. It was that gesture of goodwill, saying like, "Look, they're safe. No matter what, you know, we weren't harming them. We, I don't know what they yeah. were doing with all of the yeah." People on their ship, but no, won't won't Richard Dreyfus's wife feel stupid? Oh yeah, when they drop his ass back off the on Earth. <laughs> she's like, she's like all old. She's right. like, damn it, <laughs> and he's young. He visits her in the nursing home. Yeah. Oh. Ah! <laughs> damn. <laughs> he's gonna have such a such I a ain't great changing moment. your diapers. Uh, so anyway. Um, the you dog. know, I, I don't Barry really, comes back. Barry. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's. Was that fun on that ship, Other Barry? It sure was, <laughs> Other Barry. <laughs> yes, he hasn't even aged a minute since he left with them, right? Um, and he's only been gone for like, right? I want to say a, a week. Yeah, so, something like that. No, he's yeah. fine. So we can't really do Alf to Seinfeld because you haven't seen it before. I've never seen it, so it's a, it would be a five for me. Just and it, it honestly, it's a five for me too because I like it as much as I always did. Okay. Um. So, well, you saw it when you were younger, Mr. Brown. So, what about you? Yeah, I, I did. Oh. I enjoyed it then, and I, I enjoyed it uh, again when I saw it. I did. It was good. It, I just I didn't remember a lot of the details, and when I saw it this this recently, it, it uh, refreshed a lot of them. I, okay, yeah, it was great. It yeah, was it's so definitely awesome. it's definitely a movie that if you casually watch it, you know what it was about. But I, you know, because as a kid, I'd seen it several times. And then as an adult, you watch it, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. You know. So is that a five from you, then? A five, yeah. Yeah, it's five for me. Gotcha. Okay, straight fives across the board. I don't think we do that very often. I think most of Spielberg's movies, my hunch is that most of them will end up being a five. You know, like Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, I loved it. You can't perfect anything about it. Yeah, it's... And I've seen those so many times. Jaws, now, I hadn't seen as many times as, like, Jurassic Park, because Jurassic Park... That was one of the first movies I ever remember seeing in a movie theater because it came out in what ninety three, uh, so I was pretty young when that movie came out. There about yeah, I was in eighth grade, so I don't. But it was so wildly yeah. impressive that it just stuck in my little mind, and I, I remembered every little bit of it, like the raptors breathing against the glass and just yeah. everything. Oh, and uh, we'll probably be doing that movie uh, in the near future. Remember when Spielberg made awesome movies? Yeah, like the best movies. And it, it was that whole Kevin Costner, Burt Reynolds thing. Oh, Spielberg made it. Let's go see it, because you yeah. knew it was going to be a guaranteed... See, I'm not like that anymore. Ready Player One? I didn't go see it. Um, Was that the one with the spacecrafts and, like, the kid going... The video the... games. Okay, yeah. I think I saw that. And see, exactly. there you yeah, go. So there it you was, go, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's a Spielberg movie. And that I doesn't mean anything even, to me didn't anymore. Didn't even go see it. Yeah, and that's Bridge of Spies? I didn't see Bridge of Spies, Bridge of Spies but Tom Hanks. you talk about it, too, so... I didn't, it didn't go see it. Really? Like, uh, a friend of mine was in it, so I had to see it. Was it good? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah, that that's one of the few actors that, and I don't go see every single one of his movies, after, especially after Larry Crown. But um, uh, he pretty much is a heavy hitter for me too. Tom oh, yeah. Hanks. Like yeah. if he comes out with something, I'll probably go see it. There's Puck. Oh, Puck. This, this is the skinny, Wait, spindly one. little this, alien. No, no one's gonna be able to see Puck because it's too. Yeah, he's too skinny. Yeah. But uh, he's basically Kate Moss. He needs to eat a sandwich. It was a, it was a big deal though. Like you know, Twiggy. the the fact that he could <laughs> smile at uh, Truffaut. Like whenever yes. he does the hand thing and then he smiles, it's, yep. you know, because they sort of reach out and gesture at each other. And well, what's on tap for next week? Deep 
blue deep blue sea. sea. Deep blue sea. Hell Very yes. Nice. Because we are transitioning from Disaster Month, which we didn't really end with a disaster movie, but we also had They Live this month, so we mostly did disaster no one cares. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But next uh, month, we will be focusing on Animal Disaster Month, and we are kicking it off with Tom Jane, Samuel L. Jackson, Rennie Harlan, and Anne Cage in Deep Blue Sea. I'm going I'm I'm to warn you. I haven't seen it in a very long time. Oh, it's magnificent. Well, wait. Wait, here, here's, here's the warning part, because I know how much you love Tom Jane. Mm-hmm. I saw it a long time ago, and I really liked it. You're not sure how so, that's going to change? There's a real risk, you know. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that'll make for yeah, great entertainment yeah. on the podcast. I'm hoping it doesn't, though. I'm hoping I still love it. I mean, after you, know. you guys eviscerated me on yeah. Robin Hood, I think I, I think I've got my chops now, so <laughs> yeah. I think I'll survive. And uh, Young Adam will be joining us in the studio next week yes. to record oh, that, so we'll excellent. have an extra face in the studio. I think his exact words were, get me the hell away from my parents for a little while. Because yes. so, everybody, Because we are, are still, still in a pandemic, believe it or not. Uh, believe it or not. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have to go drink. Uh, hold on, hold oh, on. Oh. Community and John Mulaney. So we well, finally. We both watch them, but that's a whole conversation. Okay, I think fine. we should tease that. I finally, I. We can maybe do a short or something on it later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we did a cultural exchange. <laughs> We finally browbeat Jason into watching John Mulaney. And someone has watched a couple of episodes of Community. This girl. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that next week. But um, for now, we've got to go drink some beers. Yes. So um, thank you once again, as always, for joining us for your drive time, your listening time, your your reading time, whatever time. We don't care what time. We just appreciate you tuning in. So um, be ready for this fun new episode. Adam, as always, thank you for being here. Love being here. See ya. And next time. We'll see you next week, Hindsiders. <laughs>